Welcome to Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 94 of Death Readers, the podcast where we read through books for the first time. In this episode of Death Readers, we're going to be reading through chapters 15 through 22 of Ernest Klein's Ready Player One. If this is the first time you've listened to Death Readers, let's run through what you can expect. We're going to be uh, reading through these chapters and taking notes, and then Rob and I will be comparing our notes and letting discussions occur out of those notes. When we are finished, we will be done with the show, and you can stop listening and start listening to the last episode again, and then recap. I don't and know then why you can, write this down. And then you can move on to the next episode, because let's face it, by the time you've read, you're listening to this episode, we're already three episodes ahead or more. What so is happening? you can like just go back. Like now you you can you're listening to this episode. You got a billion more episodes in the future. I'm surprised you're listening to this one. Cause like we did Ready Player One years ago. Just like catch up already. So anyway, if you've never listened before, we like to recommend that you re read the book along with us so that you can understand what references we're making what we're referring to as we talk about it because uh, otherwise you might not be able to really like understand because we're not gonna you know like we're not gonna read the whole book out loud to you to make sure you hear it we're just gonna start talking about it we're gonna say like oh page this remember when this happened god that was weird or it made me think of this so read it get on our level as it were um do we have any housekeeping no. Did I miss anything? So no. You didn't miss anything. We're so professional. Then let's ride this energy wave into chapter... 15. Here's what happened in chapter 15. Z and H and Daito and Shoto and Art 3 Miss now collectively known as the High Five, they have their first powwow. They meet for the first time. They're tet-a-tet-a-tet-a-tet-a-tet. Yep. And they, 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 they meet in H's, you know, cool guy room in his clubhouse. It doesn't go well. It, it, it ends with Daito and Shoto leaving kind of offended and insulted or upset. They're like, like they're, they're, their honor has been in, impugned or something. And they're, the the hope of the high five is dashed. The possibility of a, of a new, uh, what do you call them? What do they call the groups of gunters? Sixers. No, the clans? What are you talking about? They call them clans? Is that what they call them? The, the gunters who team up? Yeah. Clans. Yeah, so uh, the dashing the hope of the clan of the high five. Um, oh, they're not a clan, though. That's what I mean. But like this episode, I'm so confused. This... I'm I'm confused. What are you asking? I'm not asking. I'm asking what the word is when a group of Gunters teams up. You've answered that. It's a called. Yes, a clan. but the High Five specifically says they're not going to be a clan. They don't want to be a clan. So they yes. can't be the clan of the High Five. Right. What I'm saying is the hope that they would is dashed in this episode. There was no hope for that though. Everyone said they didn't want to do that. Um, the hope comes from the media who labels them the High Five. As if it's a group or a clan or some sort of collective of these people together. 
Okay. This meeting could be like the first time the Justice League meets or the oh, Avengers. Sure. So because that possibility exists at the onset of the meeting, what you could call the beginning of the chapter, and it doesn't happen, <laughs> that's what I would call, as I did, the dashed yeah. hopes of the possibility of Clan High Five. There's a lot of aggressive energy coming from you. Okay. <laughs> okay. This... Uh, I'm sorry if I'm projecting a lot of aggressive energy. I'm also trying to project clarity. So, <laughs> that's what I meant when I said mm. dashing the hopes of the clan of the High Five. Um, which, as far as I can tell, after this, are they're still kind of referred to. The, the group of these five people are still sort of colloquially referred to as the High Five, even though they really don't interact. I'm going to say for the sake of clarity, which... It sounds like you're a big fan. Uh, we won't call them a clan. We'll call other groups of gunters a clan. We'll call them just a collective. I like that word. That, that was a word you came up with, and we'll use that. I'm getting a lot of hostility. Really? Yeah. I feel like you're projecting <laughs> a lot of hostility. <laughs> Do you have any just, knives just nearby? Just like H and Daito, how they got had a lot of hostility. And there's no Arthurmus here to uh, break it up. Yeah. Um, just to be clear, I'm H in this situation, and you're Daito. That's fine with me. Good. I mean, Daito is the one who gets the Ultra... We'll get there. Um, <laughs> okay, so my first page note. That's the summary. That's what happens in this chapter. Sure. There's a lot of animosity, yes, a lot of absolutely. lot of aggression. Um, and then we'll... So let's get into the page notes. My first page note is on page 158. Okay, that's my... They don't line up, so what's yours about? Uh, it's dumb. Okay. Well, my, my, my first one's dumb, too. I really liked H's cyber hug that made Wade feel better. That's nice. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to figure out the, the quatrain. And like, I, I was thinking, this is my thought process. It was like quatrain, like in a whistle, like a, is the Jade key on a train? Like I was trying to think about the word quatrain, like train. And you did trains. come up with train and whistle last time. Oh, did I? Yeah. So I was like yeah. thinking about trains and whistles. And then I was thinking about how uh, it's tough because, like, this book, this the concept of this book just encompasses all pop culture that Ernest Cline likes or has fondness for. So it doesn't really fucking matter <laughs> what mm-hmm. it is. Like, the the, the, the that's what I, I hate about riddles is the, the riddle for the Jade Key is so... Specific? Vague. No, the opposite. Oh, okay. It's so vague that it could be... You could probably justify it into anything you wanted. Oh, I if see. You were, sure. If you were familiar enough with enough parts of media, you could mm-hmm. find... A, a, a handful of other things that could line up and fit this narrative or fit this structure of the clues. So I, I just don't like them, but yeah, that's fair. Well, especially this, there are riddles that are you know clever enough to conceal their, their specific information in them. And this one doesn't do that. This is like, a couple of lines that happen to rhyme. Like, like, like the would, spider one. I know you don't like JK Rowling's spider right. riddle, but all everything you need to solve it is right there. Self-contained. Nothing about this is. Well, that's what, yeah, exactly. And that's sort of what I was thinking about. When I, when I was thinking, I was like, you know, a, a dwelling long abandoned or forgotten or whatever Neglect, the word neglected. is. Neglected. I was like, okay, is that like, let's just talk about Harry Potter again. Is that like the Shrieking Shack? Is mm-hmm. it number 12 Grimold Place? Mm-hmm. Is it the house Harry's parents died in? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, is it, is it uh, the house that, uh, is it Voldemort's the parents? Voldemort's parents? Is it the, the Voldemort's mother's home? Is mm-hmm. it, is it the home where he kills that gardener guy or the, the housekeeper? Mm-hmm. 
there's so many of these things. Or the 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 shack that they that Vernon takes Harry to in the first book to avoid Ooh, uh, like Hagrid. Mm-hmm. Just just in Harry Potter, there's a bunch of abandoned or, or dwellings long neglected that and could if you expand that to all of pop culture. Right, might as well be infinite. And then, and then, and then you go to Harry Potter, right? Again, and you go, okay. There's a lot of trophies in Harry Potter. There's a specific couple that are really important. Um, you could argue the Triwizard Trophy. There's the mm-hmm. uh, special recognition trophy or mm-hmm. award. You could call Quidditch that a Cup. trophy. The Quidditch, Quidditch World Cup. Quidditch World Cup. Like it, it builds, and then, and then you know, uh, then you can blow the whistle. I don't remember the books well enough to remember if there's a whistle anywhere, but why? Madam Hooch had a whistle. Madam Hooch had a whistle. You know what I mean? Like you can you can just plot all that shit in, and then you go, how come it's not at Hogwarts? You know what I mean? Like I I I did everything right. How come it's not in the Chamber of Secrets? That's where the JC key should be. I made it work, and it's just bullshit. Anyway, riddles are stupid. Um, <laughs> okay. And then I also thought like Hogsmeade train adjacent. There's a famous train that runs through that whole thing. There's there's four houses at Hogwarts. Quad. They take a train. Quad train. It all makes sense. We're QAnoning the shit out of this. Um, <laughs> the okay, so that's all I have for notes. I have I have an end of chapter sort of summary note, but uh, okay, or an overview um, note. I was confused. I guess I had a big note, but it was one of those that was answered later about how they specifically say no no player versus player on Ludus, and yet the Sixers set up all these, or, or, or the clans all try to attack the Sixers' force fields, but I guess you can attack force fields with guns and lasers and bombs as long as you're not attacking people, so that makes sense. Well, I think that the PvP thing, I don't remember how they worked it out in, like, what Artemis tried to do. I forget what she did to Wade in the... It swung her sword at him and it stopped inches from his face. Right. So I would imagine like if you, sh- you could, you could shoot at somebody and it would just like stop or dissolve or turn into bubbles or something. And, but the fact that it would have an effect on a force field, an inanimate machinery. object. So you yeah. could like, you could still, but like, but that's what, but that's what happens in the tomb. Like you have to be able to fight the lich. The, t- the tomb was specifically not counted as part of Ludus in the code. That's but why. you still couldn't, it still wasn't a PVP oh, zone. Oh shit, you're right. Which is where she tried to hit him with a sword. So, like, it's still, you can still use your weaponry and stuff on things in the world. It just won't aff- affect other players. Okay. I mean, again, it was an- answered somewhat later. It just, it did seem very confusing to me. No, oh, that's okay. Um, we we H, clear said, H, H specifically says all out war, R- uh, RPGs, fireballs, cluster bombs, and nukes. And I'm like, that feels like some of those shouldn't be detonatable on a, a no PvP zone, but. I guess I'm wrong. Now, eventually we'll have school nukings and people will th- send thoughts and pr- prayers and no one will remember that it happened. Wow. Dark. Um, and then my last note is at the very end, after Shoto and Dido have exited and Artemis has said goodbye, it's just H and Z talking. And then a stack of comic books slides off the end of the table. <gasps> I bet that means nothing. Yeah, that was my note, is that it's... Oh, uh, like, sorry, I thought just a summary note. No, my note is that it's, at this point, it can be one of three people. That's how I look at it. Okay. It can be, it be... It could either be Irock. It can be Irock sitting around, like, like hanging out in the, in the room, hidden, invisible. He's never left. He stayed in there the whole time. Sure. 
it could be Ogden Morrow. Mm-hmm. He could have uh, taken a special interest and not wanted to miss this collection of five people showing up and mm-hmm. had some sort of backdoor key access into Oasis stuff. Mm-hmm. Could be could potentially be Nolan Sorrento. Could be someone who was able to ha- like he could have hacked in. He's already got um, Wade in his sights. Mm-hmm. He's already he already wants him dead. He could be sending himself or someone else to you know spy on them invisibly. I can't think of anybody else who I, I would imagine it's got to be somebody we've already met. Uh, it would be really lame to have it be a completely new person who was like, oh, by the way, I was there. That's my that's my pitch for why it could be any one of those three people. I, I don't know if I can think of anybody that's already been introduced that I feel like would be a good fit for the person who's in the room spying. Right. Again, unless it's some sixer who's been hired to specifically spy on them and specifically spy on H's hideout or something. Sure. But that's my guess. Um, That's all I got for that chapter. That's me. Which I'm brings done. us to... Chapter 16. Okay, the summary of this chapter. Wade uses his newfound fame to purchase a new identity on the Oasis black market and make the arrangements necessary to move into an efficiency apartment in Columbus, Ohio, home of IOI and the Oasis servers. Mm. And I think Gregarious Games. Uh, Gregarious Games, I'm not sure. Uh, But also all while the Sixers take over Ludus and just start farming copies of the Copper Key. Right. You have any notes? Uh, Got some notes. Uh, I was super amused that they copy and pasted the school because Ludus was being taken over by Sixers and they just were like, control C, control V, new planet. That, 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 was, that was fun. Yeah. Except without... Without the Tomb of Horrors. Le code. Horrific Tomb. Do you think... Rarely. They could have... Do you think they could have uh, copied it with the Tomb of Horrors code and had another planet to farm the keys from? Your question puts me in a position where I have to pretend like it's not fiction. <laughs> but, but isn't that isn't that what talking about all fiction does? Is like I'm going to imagine this possibility and what if? But they didn't. Like I mean, it, okay. Let me put it this way: if they did, it would defeat the purpose of doing it without it. The doing it without it is to keep the kids safe so they can keep going on with their studies. Why? Why would you? undermined your whole purpose I guess what I'm asking is would Halliday have let that happen or was it just a byproduct of cutting and pasting it that oh the code didn't transfer over I mean the the way it's written it could go either way he makes it sound like it's on purpose but he didn't know I think the book makes it seem like it's either way it, it could go either way like but it doesn't okay so I don't know I I think that unfortunately there's no there's no there's no like little like hanging chad that makes me go oh what's this about like there's no sure. like lead that makes me go they definitely could not no halliday would not let that happen bro it's the same reason adventure won't play in his bedroom bro he is the master man he knows what's going on he would never let that happen it's about the integrity of the gunt man i'm saying this is a loose thread and it's gonna crash the whole system it's a trash file it's a trash um, file um, my next note's about his cab ride. When he gets out of his cab, he thumbs his fare. And that seemed like a clear reference to Back to the Future 2. When the guy's like, hey, kid, thumb 100 bucks to save the clock tower. Which was both supposed to show the uh, 
rates of inflation by 2015 and also the technology they we have for which we kind of do with the old iPhones with the buttons but nobody uses those anymore stupid face recognition give me a good old thumb pad any day yeah I prefer that right I definitely prefer knowing that Apple has access to my fingerprints more than my face also related to the cab ride I found a little inconsistency Inconsistency. When, uh, an inconsistency. I'm sorry, this is actually the bus ride, excuse me. When he's approaching Columbus, finally, after his long five-day ride on the bus, there Columbus was glittering like Oz at the end of the yellow brick road. Remember that? Sure. No. Okay. The Emerald City is at the end of the yellow brick road. Oz is the country. Oh, I thought you meant, do I remember that in the book? Did he, in, in the Oz? book? No, I'm saying, but, but I'm saying, I'm saying it's wrong. Okay. It is inherently wrong. Okay. Yes. Oz can't be at the end of the Yellowbrick Road. It's everywhere. It is the Yellowbrick Road. Wasn't Oz, Oz also the name of the dude? Yeah, but he wasn't glittering. Betty kind He's of not. Glittered. You know what it fucking, you know what it means. The Emerald City was glittering at the end of the Yellowbrick Road. He fucked up. What kind of psychopath like walks into a place and then says, I'm here now. This place is named after me. Well, technically- Hold on. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Shit. The answer is... Columbus. Oh, God damn it. It was right there. Oh, shit. It was yeah. right there. Put your mind back into your brain case because uh, <laughs> you just validated me. You just been blown. If only. That's all I've got. Sorry. Hold on. Shut up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't let you walk over my obvious point. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, great. It was a good point. Thank, thank you. For- I'm the Thank you. Um, Are you done with this chapter? I'm done. I've got some notes on this chapter. Oh, gracious. So I used to live in Ohio for a couple summers, uh, you know, other times. But, like, uh, I I did some internships there a couple summers. And uh, have you ever been to Ohio? Yes, once for a wedding. Okay. In my experience, Ohio is extremely dull. It has a couple things that are kind of cool in it Mm -hmm. and fun to do, maybe. mostly. It's a pretty sweet farmer's market. There's a lot of farmers, so it makes sense. Yeah, but it was like um, like artisanal, you know, foods and shit, and you know, duck fat fries, and it was it was great. Well, my experience is it's mostly farms. It's flat. It's very sure. very very boring. You have like Kings Island and Cedar Point. I don't know what those are. And then if you if you like, it's so populated that there's a lot of things that happen there that come through. But mm-hmm. without the things coming through, Ohio itself doesn't really do much for me. Okay. It's the place where, like, they have a national park there, but it kind of feels like it was just like, Ugh, we kind of just have to find someplace. This one. Um, okay. it's This is a national park right here. It's just a bunch. It's just some forest, but it's uh, it, it's a park. It's also where Jonathan Switcher comes from in the film Mannequin. Weird. <laughs> why would you? <laughs> why would that be your Ohio pull from pop culture? Well, because he's got, there's this whole exchange where he's talking to Felix, the Night Watchman, played by... Uh, gw bailey um he's like where do you people come from and andrew mccarthy's like ohio and gw bailey thinking he's talking about homosexuals goes they've got him in ohio see i would i would go to tommy boy a film that takes place Why entire, would you? it takes place entirely in ohio okay if you say so it does have you ever seen it it the whole thing if they start i, mean, with I remember i remember it's sucking on ketchup packets that's all i remember from tommy boy whole and thing brian Dennehy, oddly. yeah brian okay. is great if you say so. Rob Lowe? Sure. God, that movie's great. You're... Okay. Anyway. It's, it's okay. It's, there's a whole David Spade, Chris Farley, Assance, and I didn't get into it. Well, Tommy Boy's 
brilliant and it's one of the few movies that take place in ohio that are good and cool anyway um so being being from alaska for the most part i don't know that much about other lower 48 cities mm-hmm. um but one of the most fascinating things about columbus ohio to me is that it's 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 basically the it's it's basically in the physical center of ohio like the geographic center of ohio is where columbus is it's like smack okay. dab middle of the state like a big bullseye and like a bullseye it has a highway that goes co- in a complete circle around the city like a full co- you could ride the 270 all the way around as long as you wanted okay and never leave columbus i don't know if this is a thing that's like that in other places and because of that it also lets you like drive off in any of the other like cardinal directions like sure. you can you can go north up to like Sandusky, you can go east to Zanesville, you can go south to Cincinnati, you can go west to Dayton, all from Columbus. Just, just get there. I don't know if there's anything else interesting about that, but it's just like it's the, <laughs> it's the only city that like it's the only one I know of that does that. Doesn't, and doesn't Chicago have like the loop that goes around it? Maybe, but Chicago's like, also like, loop? but Chicago's not directly in the center of a state. Like no, no, I, also, see, I see, where, I see, yes, Chicago is also butted up against a Great Lake. So like and that's also just a small part of Chicago. So I'm right. I'm, this I, is the like entirety of Columbus is encircled by the 270. Like 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 the or by like, Highway 270. Like the bottled city of Candor. Kind of. I mean, I'm sure that there's like suburbs and stuff that extend outside of the well, this, the, the sure lines. There's, but there's suburbs of Candor that were exploded with Krypton. But I'm but, yes, but they don't also exist outside of like the bottle. No, I'm just saying, if any city was ripe for bottleization, it would be Candor or Columbus. Yeah, cool. So, so it also kind of makes a circle that makes an O. So, like theoretically, IOI could could like make a imprint of something, some other structures on either side of the of the, of two seventy to make like two I's or two nice number one letters. That's how you bring it back around to Ready Player One. <laughs> I don't know if that was worth a victory pop top, but go for it. Um, once you pop the top, the fun don't stop. Pringles Pepsi. Pringles Pepsi? Yeah, I don't know. I'm drinking a Pepsi, but it's like the Pringles slogan. Okay. okay. Well, you said the PPP word. I still don't know that reference. Um, that brings us to... Level 2, Chapter 17. So, what happens in this chapter is... <laughs> summary... Uh, this is a chapter we never got between Harry and Ginny. The chapter where we follow Wade and Artemis as their romance develops, and Wade is exceptionally careless. Yeah. So this is like the middle of the book, right? It's uh, roughly page 170, so yeah. Let's see, there's like... These these couple of chapters that we get into uh, were not my favorite to read. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm hoping the book picks back up after this. I don't really remember emotionally how I connected with it, but these were, I was just like, uh, we end, here's what I'm curious about. We end this chapter having not sussed out where the Jade key is. We shut out. We end this episode having not sussed out where the Jade key is. And we have, we're over halfway through the book. No, we, we know where the Jade key is at the end of this episode. We know where it is, but we don't know what it, like, 
we haven't gotten it, I guess. We kind of oh, yeah, yeah, know. Yes, like, yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry. I it's like this. at the yes. very end of this episode, we figure it out. But like. Yes, okay. It, it, that, that adventure hasn't saying. happened. So that, that yes. adventure has to happen. Then there's got to be another riddle or another gate to pass. Then another mm-hmm. riddle. Then another key. Then another gate. Then the end. And it feels like that's like if the first half of the book has only been the first key and setup. Mm-hmm. And then the hunt for the second key. It feels like it might be rushed. Like I'm kind of anticipating this all kind of falling into place after this. So hopefully the next two episodes will be a lot more exciting. Well, the way I, it kind of feels like if you break the book up into thirds, you're correct. But if you break it up into fourths, then this is the second fourth of the book wherein there's a lot of relationship stuff between Wade and Artemis plus a bonus quest we didn't know we were going to get. Yes. So let's move on to this stuff. Um, my first note here is uh, page 170. I just got a, my first note is just on Wade just flat out saying he was cyber stalking Artemis. And I'm like, Oh God, dude. Mm. Yucky. Don't, um, don't open, don't open with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my note here is that I, uh, on page 170, I've kind of, had enough of this whole Chuck, the 300-pound guy who lives in his mom's basement in suburban Detroit, copy-paste bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen that a number of times. We talked in an episode previously about how irritating it is to hear someone make the same fucking joke. Mm-hmm. This, like, can pat response that they have to things. Uh, that's what this feels like. Uh, um. I, I, don't, I don't like it as a thing that Ernest Klein uses in his writing because it's... He's, he does the same thing. Here's the thing about this premise, this idea. The idea that a person on the internet could be someone who they, or present as someone they're not mm-hmm. is very real and realistic. Uh, they, If you're going to illustrate that point, do it more creatively than using the same fucking thing. Right. Like, give me something else. Mm-hmm. And so reading this that feels copy-pasted, that bums me out. I, you know what? Um the little exchange they had that was tangential to that about is she a guy? Is she not a guy? And then he like tries to pin her down and like, are you basically a woman since birth? Who's never had a sex change operation kind right. of bummed me out. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it just kind of bummed, just a kind of bummed me. I'm not saying there's any agenda behind it. I'm not saying he's JK Rowling. Um, I know he tries to walk it back in the second book. Awkwardly. I've heard people say, just that, just that attitude. This is just, a, I mean, this this feels more like a product of the time than anything. But it just, just, you know, I'm not of that time anymore, and I'm just kind of like, Ugh. well, I mean, back when I, when I was not even old enough to be chatting with people online, yet was the whole concept of requesting someone's ASL existed. So if you found someone online you wanted to chat to, you'd ask them, you'd type ASL and have a question mark. And then they would respond with their age, their sex, and their location. Now, specifically, they you weren't asking for their gender. You were asking for their sex. So, therefore, you were asking, like, the specific thing he's asking that she's trying to obfuscate and be, you know, cagey with. So, if she, if she wasn't being cagey, would he have to ask such a specific and potentially, like, I don't know. Is it is it even offensive? Like I don't understand what 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 is it that bothers you about him getting the, down it, to the nitty gritty about that? Well, I mean, first of all, I don't think she's being cagey. I think she she's or at least Ernest Klein is writing her as coy. Mm, sure. Yes. Um, Better word. 
I don't know. It just it just seems like a ham fisted way to in something that's twenty years from the future from now, feeling so even pre twenty eleven when this was written. That's the kind of thing that I feel like would have been on the internet in nineteen eighty six because I've never even heard of ASL. Really? Well, I mean, yeah. yes, you're you're right. It was it was way longer ago. I mean, I think that. I don't. I don't know if how. I don't. I don't think I talk to people online much that I haven't met, almost at all. And if I do, I have definitely not tried to ask for their age, sex, or location and location. So, but like, is it is the thing that bothers you about it, or give you give you whatever you referred to, whatever reaction it caused? Which part does it come from? I'm gonna try to find it. Okay. Um, we just said it was chapter seventeen. Yes. Fortunately, this whole chapter is done in like a script, so it was easy to find. Now, spill it. Are you a woman? And by that, I mean, are you a human female that has never had a sex change operation? This, it just kind of squeed me out. Okay, well, you bring it up, so I want to. I want to know a little bit more. Like, what is it that squeezed? I guess. You out? I guess because he's defining what woman is in a very close-minded kind of way. That's not how I read it. I didn't okay. read it as him deciding what defined a woman. I read it. Are as you him a woman? And by that I mean, and then defines it. Fair, fair enough. But what he's what he's really asking, he's not saying I'm running around deciding what are what is and isn't a woman. He's sure. saying this is the kind of person I would be interested in pursuing a relationship with. These are those qualifications. Do you meet that or not? And well, also, she- well, also saying I don't care if you are Chuck or not. I don't know. I, I just I it 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 just seemed a little reductive. Reductive. Reducto. Is that the exploding spell? Yes. Never made You sense. can tell because it means to explode. Make explode. Yeah. Um My only other note is uh answer the question, Claire. I just the, those are the references I'm getting. I wonder how many others I'm not getting. Mm, yeah. He he said he would be okay with them if he was a Chuck guy. I mean, he'd said it, but I feel like it was a tongue-in-cheek kind of way. Yeah. It's been a, I guess it's been a while since I read it. <laughs> or maybe he didn't say it, but I'd be okay with anything. And what if I'm a 300-pound guy named Chuck? And then they avoid it by saying, I don't know, do you live in your mom's basement? No, yeah, that's right. That's exactly what happens. She, yeah. he, he, they, they divert from that to be like, you know, that, that quip. They're, they're being also flirty and playful. Im- but whilst implying he's fine with it all, as long as she conforms. I mean, I don't know if that's, I again, that's not how I read it. I read it, I didn't read it as him being okay with it as long as she conforms. I read it as him, like, he has a suspicion. He's hunting down the he's answer to his- He's gunting down. He's, he, well, there's no egg at the end of this. Um, In her fallopian tubes. Only if she's a biological woman, which he's asking about. <laughs> so, but that's, that's, I mean- Regardless, I mean, I think for me, the thing that makes me uncomfortable about all this, and I think that's like- my next note, actually, so it's maybe a good segue. The thing that makes me uncomfortable about all this is it felt like an unchar- an uncomfortably voyeuristic look into someone's chat logs. Yeah. And and it reminded me of how I chatted up my now wife, Weck, when we were in high school on MSN Messenger. like, And how reading those text exchange back probably would be as cringy as this is would you is that an example of good writing or do you think he had an old chat log from his youth and just copy and pasted it and made it fit i don't think that either one would be 
I don't think that one would negate the other from being good writing. Okay. I, th- okay. I think that it's, that's not my, that's not my issue with it. My issue is that it makes me feel uncomfortable and I don't like that feeling. <laughs> Fair enough, because I've got some more of that coming up. Right. Um, especially about this. Like I, I, there's something about like someone having a romance that feels like it's disconnected from reality. Like it's actually romantic versus this is how I like I it's cringeworthy because it's like, ugh, this makes me feel awkward. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm under a microscope here a little bit. And that makes me feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. because this f- is very realistic. And then and then she uh, and then they mentioned that her favorite movie is Highlander. And yeah. then and then I was like, well, first they describe her as, as Jordan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, really. And then and now her favorite movie is Highlander. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow no wonder you felt like this book was being beamed straight into your eyes. Well, actually that I don't have, uh, as much of a affinity for Highlander. No, 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 no. That it's something that Jordan liked or uh, Artemis liked. Oh, okay. Is that what what you're talking about? Or are you just talking about because they're on some of a lot of my wavelengths? I'm saying that they, they seems like they are that twice they, they've depicted Artemis, in uh, uh, by comparing her to a character you liked in another movie sure or and then now saying that she also really likes highlander so like it's like they're building a like a a pixie dream girl for you and and that's that that's what i thought you were saying and and yet it's that's not effective for me i don't find her an attractive alluring pixie dream girl because it feels like that and i'm like okay i feel like i have a lot of similar wavelengths with ernest klein right so you want to date and him? And this is <laughs> no. Um, and this is his dream girl, but it's too perfect. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dude, I probably would have been into her had I read this book at fourteen. Do you if think this book had existed then? Do you think he like wrote this character because she's like his wife, or do you think his wife feels inadequate <laughs> next to his fantasy girl I, that he wrote into his extremely successful book? I, I didn't look at their their date, but I feel like he met his wife after the book, so I, I, I don't want to comment on that at all. Wow. Well, I mean, even if you did comment on it, it's not like you're making it real. It's just like... Well, it's, it's a, without more information, I just don't feel like sure, I can comment. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I, I think the world wants your comment, Rob. I think you have to comment. Okay, okay. okay well, let, me look, let me just look up Ernest Klein. <laughs> I'm really doing it. Your, your public is demanding your opinion on a man you've never met his relationship with his wife. Anyway, always come up when I put in Ernest. I mean, I guess Other Ernest Klein Ernest has a lot author. more work to do to become to to supersede Google's autofill for Ernest. See, I would expect it to be like goes to camp, goes to jail. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun. In 2016, he married poet Kristen O'Keefe Aptkowitz. Whom he met at the 1998 National Poetry Slam. So, apparently, uh, she is his Jordan, and I was wrong. Well, no, I mean, I'm not... We don't have any evidence that he built this character Come on, what is Jordan studying? I keep saying Jordan. What is Artemis studying in college? I don't remember. Poetry. Okay. Okay, fair enough. So, apparently his wife is a... Highlander loving, real genius embodying poet. And Artemis is her name. <laughs> um all right. 
Well, I'm glad that that's more likely the case than he built this fantasy girl. Like, it, like it's almost like the 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 risk you run when you when you write a story like this, where you build this fantasy dream girl in a fantasy world that you're basically the main character of, is you run into like the weird science problem where like you've made an unattainable thing. So like, hopefully, or unsustainable, whatever. It hopefully it's the opposite. Hopefully. He built that character to resemble his wife mm-hmm. as opposed to some sort of like weird incel adolescent fantasy of what a woman should be for him because, you know, right. property and etc. <laughs> I mean, that is the implication of the existence of this character is to serve the male character because that's how it kind of. When you talk about building the character, it kind of comes off like that. Sure. Um, but he built Wade too. Yes, but he built Wade after himself. He built he built that's, the male characters after himself. He built the female characters after his desires. That's very true. So like, there's there's it's kind of creepy. Like I said, it's, it's the weird science problem where you're like, you create this thing, but you're creating an object. You're creating a person who is an object for you. That's problematic to me. Like that becomes icky. And, and and gross. So hopefully it's not that. Hopefully he wrote, I'll use that word more than build, he wrote this character to resemble a real person whom he's in love with than a creepy... I, Un- unattainable... Yes, like fantasy of a woman that he, yeah. you know, could create because he was wearing a bra on his head. So, that's interesting. I, my next note's on page 175. Okay. I don't remember what this note means. What does it say? Let me let me let me parse of all it for you. Um, I'll parse it and then volley it back to you. No, you're gonna read it, and I won't get the deductive reasoning. Well, I just I just wrote, uh, "Damn, you really shouldn't have had time for love, Doctor Jones." Now the Sixers will find your chat logs and study them, and maybe even beat you to the next key. You should have kept it in your haptic rig, man. Well, I mean. I just don't know nope. if that's just in, in relation to the conversations they were having, he and Artemis. In the conversation, she else. says, no time for love, Dr. Jones. Right, but, like, what was it that they were talking about that I felt like they shouldn't have been sharing? Probably having a relationship. I think this is this weird one-page synopsis about all the, like, they, they montage their relationship. Like, now we're watching movies together all the time and, like, snuggling no, that was, on... That's in the conversation. I mean, it's in the conversation... Sure. No, I I mean, my note is on the page after the conversation, though. So, like, I don't know why I chose that page to make this note. Maybe it's just like it was that was when it was summarized, but whatever. Anyway, either way, like there's some sort of physical record of their communications because they keep emailing each other. They keep chatting. They're not like FaceTiming. So a lot of opportunity to have your shit hacked that way and have your records stolen so anyway uh next chapter is our page is a page for me 177 and that's just me saying i'm pretty sure last episode i said that the captain could be captain crunch you did i tried to throw you off the scent by like oh yeah that's true who else could it be Mm -hmm. um i think i played it pretty coy captain crunch it was captain crunch what's happening captain well that's all i wanted to say was do 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 do. I said Captain Crunch. Uh, page one seventy nine. 
It's my next note. Do you have note? You have no notes on this. I, I'm done with go. notes for seventeen. I'm kind of confused about what Wade's doing in public in the Oasis at this point. He he says that he's disguised himself as Meatloaf at this Rocky Horror Picture Show reenactment that he's out with. With he's her. not disguised himself. He's he's changed his appearance to be that for the performance. Everyone knows it's Parzival doing that. Why would you want them to know you're Parzival? Because you're really popular and everyone loves you. You become but, a legend, nay, a god. But doesn't Which that mean... I think he actually says that somewhere in here. But, but doesn't that mean that Nolan Sorrento will know that you're not dead? At this point... And that somewhere that, you, you can be found? Yes. At this point, I think it's out in the open and they never really... That is a problem I've always had. I've always wanted some kind of recognition, some oh shit moment, but you'd have to change perspective and the book doesn't do that. So... I don't. I don't know how you would cut to Nolan Sorrento going. What? He's he's alive, right? Um, but it is. It does feel like it's a it's a a missing part of the book, and it always does to me. Yeah, I. Because uh... I mean, he's got the he's got the spokesperson deal. We find out later too. Right. So I mean, at some point, it had to have come out, and the Sixers probably had their. Ah, foiled moment. We just don't get to see it or hear about it. Yeah. Even even if they had some kind of um, Sixers rush to to get him, and Wade could reflect on because clearly they that was their first time they understood I was still alive and ha ha ha, ha kind of thing, but nothing. Right. And it's 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 weird. It's awkward. Yeah, I uh, it, it bums me out because it it talks it speaks about like how he's supposedly being so careful in real life, but like in at this point there's not really much of a difference between real life and the life in the oasis. So how careless he's being in the oasis seems really careless. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, and I think that that's part of like what his character's supposed to be like. Like, I think his character's supposed to be, um, not all that like savvy when it comes to. These things are like it's it's that his ego his his uh, is getting in the way of his self preservation, mm-hmm. um, and that's I guess the thing is that about it that bums me out about it is I, I while that's in, makes him incredibly relatable, it makes him a more well rounded character. I also feel like it diminishes how much of some sort of like elite hacker he's supposed to be by being that careless, and so mm-hmm. I, it's sort of like. It might actually be perfect because I think that part of what his character is supposed to be is obsessive, but not necessarily the most savvy and lucky Mm -hmm. and 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 at his core still a nerd like he's a at this point, he's kind of the king of the nerds uh, under Halliday, obviously, but like he he's still like not really that capable of doing things like that well like uh, sure. things things other than being a nerd things other than mm-hmm. playing pac-man things other than you know oh, we'll get to pac-man gunting or whatever so so uh it's yeah i have kind of mixed feelings about it but whatever i mean i get a i get a kind of a weird disengaged vibe from wade not not from wade the character but from wade as a character mm. it's like he just kind of goes through these motions of things, the character growth moments, uh, conflict, but they kind of just happen at him. 
I, 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 I guess it's that he's in a way a blank character that we can easily, you know, imagine ourselves in his shoes, but the blankness comes out a lot more than it, I feel like it's, it, it means to. Yeah. Unless I'm feeling particularly engaged in, in, in vibing with it and going, Oh, this would be fun if I was doing all these things. It's just kind of bland. Yeah. Yep. All right. My last note is on the last page of the chapter. Is it, worth noting that to some extent Wade and Artemis both play characters in the Goonies quest and the Rocky Horror Picture Show that are somewhat similar to their uh, their either their possible realistic physical appearance like Wade talks about how he's overweight he's chubby or something early on and then he goes on to play Meatloaf Whereas, and then he also plays Sean Astin's character, who as a child isn't chubby, but eventually Sean Astin would become more, less svelte. Um, (laughs) Artemis ends up playing, you know, Columbia and Steph, who both have short hair and are kind of like, I'm not going to say both are pale, but like, they have this sort of pixie quality to them. Sure, absolutely. And... Just curious, just curious if that was something that I'm reading too much into, or if you if you noticed that. Um, I didn't think about. It. I think it's a great observation. I think I was uh, more uh, bothered by why the hell didn't he go for mouth? Because then he would have got a guaranteed kiss with. Oh Steph. yeah, yeah, real dumb. Um, I mean, as Mikey, he gets to you know kiss Andy, but. He wants to kiss Artemis, so he should have gone for, I don't know, whatever, whatever, Wade. Missed opportunity, idiot. (laughs) That sounds like predatory thinking, though. Not predatory thinking. If it's like, if she's like, oh, I was thinking about being Steph. He's like, oh, I was thinking about being Mouth. Then she could have just, you know, given him the look and be like, oh, that's what you want to do. I mean, there's plenty of give and take. You can hope for a kiss and not be a predator. And then he goes, ha ha. JK, I'll, I'll be Sloth. <laughs> I mean, Sloth gets the kisses. Rocky Road? I love you too, you big lug. Uh, that movie. Um, <laughs> Yeah, anyway. So I'm kind of wondering if that's how we're going to... If this is... If you could even call this sort of foreshadowing to Artemis's real appearance. Uh, just curious if that's a thing. If not, I won't be I think, disappointed. No, I think it's... I think it's... I think it's a canny observation and... Uh... I bet you're right. Aw, that's so sweet of you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a sweet guy. That brings us to chapter 18. All right. I have a note here. Pay, uh, I guess Do I, you want I tell don't us have, what happens in this I chapter. I don't have a summary for this. I don't even this remember. Is, this is about getting ready for and I think attending Og's party. Ugh. Okay. Okay. Ugh. Ugh. Sorry, I can't summarize as well as you. Oh, no. It's not what I was ugging. Um,. All right, my uh, what you were ogging? Nope, not even that. Nope. My page one eighty two. Yeah. Uh, I think we basically covered. It. It's just me not really understanding how his staying. I guess I think I got really obsessed with like if it was me, I would not be flaunting this shit. Like I would mm-hmm. be like, they tried to murder me. I'm gonna disappear and continue to to do stuff, but I'm gonna try to do it as incognito as possible. And he doesn't do that. Oh no, he gets he gets the full. Nerd power goes to his head. This is this is Teen Wolf being the most popular kid at school. 
But that's a very 80s trope, and you got to go through it since that's what's happening. That's what this whole book's about. It is. But, like, so I think that's what my struggle is. is I'm looking at this being like, this is dumb. It's frustrating how this character is putting themselves at unnecessary risk for, like, to, to you know, bask in fame and glory. It's sure. very realistic. It's like you said, every, I agree with everything you said. It's just, like, emotionally, as the reader, it's 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 irritating. Well, you, just, yeah, but you've never been is. a Teen Wolf. You're more of a Styles. You don't think I've ever been a Teen Wolf. You don't think I've no, ever been a Teen Wolf. I think you've never been a Teen Wolf. You're a well, Styles. You're you're a straight up. Uh, I don't know what on that top means. of the van. That's Styles was was Teen Wolf's best friend. I don't remember. Got sunglasses. Well. Is this Jason Bateman or My, Michael J. Fox? Okay. He had the he had the friend who had the T-shirt. What are you looking at, Dick Nose? I man. <sighs> Fine. Whatever. I mean, I know I mean, he was seen... he was also in Teen Wolf, too, just to make things more confusing. Yes, thank you. I have seen it, unlike other films. It's just like it was so long ago. Sure. That I don't know if it really counts as like something I I don't know any of the references to it. I know that, you know, Michael J. Fox is a Teen Wolf and I know he mm-hmm. wears the yellow basketball clothes and mm-hmm. he and he's a Teen Wolf. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't remember anything else. I remember his dad's a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So anyway, uh, page one eighty five. Okay, so uh, I'm going to take a... I'd like to take a moment to be a little pedantic. Oh. Uh, page 185, there's a sequence where where they're dancing in the in Og's club in the Zero Gravity. And Artemis becomes an amorphous color-changing blob. Mm-hmm. And then Parzival mimics her appearance, and he says that he looked like, quote, Plastic Man. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Plastic Man. Yeah. Uh, famously can't change his colors at all. Right. So, I hate to break it to you, bud, but uh, you don't look like Plastic Man. Well, I mean, I feel like it's it's a case of, of bad writing. Yeah, you could say that again. <laughs> I feel like it's a case of what he wanted was this colorful amorphous blob with Plastic Man weaving all about and in and out of it, and those two together... As sort of like the Plastic Man was the path of the atom around Cy, around the atom of Artemis. No, the, the electron around the atom of Artemis. That's not what I thought it was looking like. I thought it looked like amoebas that like. I think it was one no amoeba and one Plastic Man, and he 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 miswrote that I changed my appearance to match her, and instead he he wanted to write I changed my appearance to complement her as by becoming Plastic Man, which would be far more visually striking. No, I I know it's not what he wrote. I get that. See, I'm I would saying... have rather have it been like they both turn into like uh, what is what are they called? Gloop and Gleep is that their names from Herculoids? Those like yeah, those those oh just God. gross right, right, right. blobs that are like <laughs> like that, <laughs> right? And, and and they just like bounce and stretch all over the place. When they stretch, they make that sound. It's like yes. Uh, that's what I wanted. I wanted that. I mean, I'm not saying that's that would... what I'm going to be searching on the internet tonight, but like, <laughs> if I can imagine it, it must exist. Mm-hmm. So somebody out there must have already made this. So I, I'm going to find it. Um, but that's what I would prefer to have seen is like something like that. Something actually amorphous, something actually globular mm-hmm. doing that as opposed to this weirdly written feels like it's not really plastic man, plastic man stuff. Sorry, I like Plastic Man, and I I know that's not Plastic Man. That's I just it's important to me. 
You, sir, are no plastic man. You, sir. I I only have an overview of this chapter now. Um, let's see. I just have a little bit, a couple of little notes. I enjoyed that they spent over an hour tweaking Avatar's hair and trying on different skins. That that was fun. Um, there's a reference to Neuromancer. I've never read. I've always been kind of intimidated, but I've always wanted to read it. Have you ever read uh, Gibson? Okay. Yeah, as far as I know, he's a he's a reference serial killer makes. Um, that's the name of the computer, the Gibson. Right. On purpose. It's a reference to William Gibson. But I thought that was the name of the. It's not a. So serial killer to... says I want to hack one of those Gibsons. I associate that with the reference they're making. He's the one who says it, so he's the one who makes it. But is that a reference, or is that just calling a machine what it's called? No, it was. There's not a really a supercomputer called a Gibson. Right. What I'm right. saying is they named that in the movie as a reference to William Gibson. Right, but serial killer himself isn't making a reference. The reference he's referring to is the object of the machine is the reference in the world. He's referring to that object. That's not making a reference. In, I know. Unless I've you're saying explained that in my special circumstances, I'm attributing <laughs> the reference to him. Right, but what I'm saying is those special circumstances are wrong. <laughs> They're not. He says it, therefore he makes the reference. He refers to the machine. He's not making a reference to William Gibson. In my logic, he is, as I've just explained. <laughs> Asshead. I think I understand that you have made your decision. <laughs> and hopefully the people listening will hear my logic well, and logic. understand where I'm coming from. Hopefully they heard my finger quotes. I think they would understand what that sort of signifies about your perspective. So anyway. Sure. Uh, the last one, um, my last note is, ugh, the teen boy angst is very hard to read, and it's it's far worse than the audiobook. Oh, yeah. His uh, breakup, is this because I'm a virgin? All that, it was just, uh, it, was, it, was, it was painful, and hopefully this is as low as the book goes. See, and I, I, I like that stuff because it feels real, it, it, it feels realistic to, to, like, it from the perspective of a person who's a young person who's self-conscious and feels inadequate and is trying really hard who's lost everything in their life is trying really hard to like survive i do not disagree with you but it right. was realistic in the way uh that for you the chat log was realistic right yeah cringeworthy i've it's, it's... i've done all this and i don't like it oh sad i don't like reading it i was just like Ugh. yeah i don't think i specifically held up a boom box outside of a window but i've been in that place i before we got to that part in the book i i was thinking oh is he gonna do that is he going to do that, you know, say anything say moment? Anything. Is he going to do that? Is he going to do it? And he did it. <laughs> he totally did it. I'm pretty sure there's a... You, remember, you know High Fidelity? Mm-hmm. John Cusack's character in that movie kind of does the same thing. Does he? It's been he, a long time he, since he, I see it. In High Fidelity, he goes and he stands outside Catherine Zeta-Jones' window in the rain, just looking yeah. up at the window while she has sex with the tantric sex guy neighbor. Right. Tim, Tim and, Robbins, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, Tim Robbins the name I can never remember. Um, and he, uh, he doesn't hold up a boom box, but he makes a mixtape for her. Yeah. I've made mixtapes. The whole, the whole movie is about him making a, uh, the perfect mixtape for mm-hmm. her and has to, has to flow. And like every song has to signify something into itself. It's a, I like that movie, but my point is it's, um, I've never, it's never occurred to me that it has so many weird similarities to that specific moment in Say Anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, 
my is that your end of your notes it's in my notes my my last note here's an overview note just says that all of this the sixer attack artemis rejecting him it all seems very predictable and avoidable but it's also a story so it means it's all essentially preordained mm-hmm. so you know just sort of like this that's a note about my process of reading the book of just being like okay um don't stop getting so wrapped up in it because <laughs> it's it's ju- it's going to happen whatever way it, it already happened the book's already been written uh stop feeling like anxiety about wade obviously fucking all this shit up because mm-hmm. it has to happen because that's the way the story goes so just relax because like again like you said it's it's weirdly realistic to for at least my experience as being a a teenager mm-hmm. and being an awkward young person uh i have no idea if that's Part of being awkward is not knowing if that's the same for everyone. I guess it's nice to presume it is the same for everyone, but it's certainly, it, that's one of the other things about being a young person is every awkwardness, every horrible experience feels like it's exclusively your shame. It's exclusively your experience and your uh, problem and no one would ever understand it because it only happened to you. And so this book is extremely uncomfortable because it's someone writing a story that's similar but also so relatable for so many people. So therefore mm-hmm. it's not, it, it's it like, it's, it's like a grounding. Sure. To say like, Oh, of course this awkwardness happens to probably everyone or at least most people. So, yep. We can move on to chapter 19. So I guess I, the summary of this chapter is that it delves into the what I would refer to as the nitty-gritty of Wade's real life. Um, mm. what Specifically, what Oasis immersion equipment he has, what his apartment looks like, uh, and why it looks the way it looks, how, what his daily routines are, what he eats, how he eats, etc. It's, in my opinion, it was really dull and kind of pedantic. It, it's, it's a good sci-fi chapter where you're like... Because all sci-fi you know, stories have to get you into the world... Sure, the, the and, it's kind of a world buildy kind of chapter. Yes, yes. Uh, and I, I did kind of like the the Oasis lockout function where he has to exercise. Yes, so this, this, I like that too. It's, it's, it's a fun idea, and I wish I had something like that that would help me uh, stay focused. But yeah. I don't, and well, I guess it's not going to happen. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same. Um, I've got two very similar notes early on. Uh, I think I have a note basically at the end of the chapter, so you okay. should probably go first. Well, first of all, for even those two notes, I'm like, can we get back to the hunt now, which is right. kind of applicable to this whole chapter and the preceding one. Right. Uh, so now he's exercising every day in his depression because otherwise he'll just be a Wally person. Right. So my first note here is now he's a fit muscular nerd, but still not a Mary Sue yet. Also bald. Oh, he's also bald. Uh, then followed that with, he has this quote, I was a pop culture icon, a VR rock star in Gunter Circles. I was a legend, nay, a god. Still not yet a Mary Sue. Okay. Wait for it. Okay. Wait for it. Um, and then my, my, my very last note is at the very, very end of the chapter. So what are your notes? Uh, my note is, we get it, Wade, you masturbate. Because... Yes. Uh, he spends a lot of time going into the specifics about not only that he does masturbate, sure. but also here's why I have no hangups about it. 
And that all felt real weird. It uh, felt real weird. Like, why are we talking about this? Like, why do we like, have like, to hear about you being like, listen. A guy raised in the 80s like, and 90s trying to justify masturbation, not a guy ra- raised in the 2030s. Yeah, and, and but also doing it by saying, you know, Halliday said it was fine. Look, I'll read to you what Halliday said about jerking off. And it's like, why supposed- is... Why is everyone writing about this? And the only answer I have is Ernest Klein is like God in the sense that he is all three of these people in one person. And these two characters are writing about masturbating because he, through them, is writing about masturbating. Yes, so absolutely. it's all about why is Ernest Klein telling me about why he is okay with jerking off and telling because people about it? I think because deep down he's not okay with it, but like like, like in a in a... I still have parental hangups about it kind of way. Mm. But he's come to that realization, but still feels the need to tell everyone, hey, it's really fine. It's okay. Yeah. I'm really okay with this. Yeah. I want to make sure everyone knows I have no problem doing this and being comfortable with people knowing I do it. I am not going to feel shame about it. You know what? Like the joke about vegans. I still haven't gone blind. Yeah, it's a... it, it's it's like when you hear, it's a, yeah like the joke about vegans yeah, or or people who vape. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah yeah uh, uh, yeah okay. <laughs> Understand that this is your identity. Weird. Um. All right. What's your last note? <sighs> Wade's new passphrase. Oh God. Okay. What Did is you get it? it? Did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? Maybe I don't. You have to tell me what it is. No one in the world ever gets what they want, and that is beautiful. No, nah. it's from it's from "Don't Let Start" from by They Might Be Giants. Oh, I don't. Know. From their self-titled album, also referred to as the Pink Album. Don't let start. Look, I'm just saying. This is another one of those where I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I know, um, Doctor Worm. I mean, he's not a real doctor, but he is a real worm. But he is a real worm. Yep. I know Sense Around. Sense Around would probably be in my gunt hunt. Because Sense Around is the song, the only They Might Be Giants song that's played for like four seconds in the Power Rangers motion picture. Oh. And it's it's on the soundtrack. The original Power Rangers motion picture. Yeah, the Power Rangers the movie. Okay. The the yeah, not the uh, one that came out in like 2017. The one with Ivan Ooze. Yeah, the one with Ivan Ooze. Um, that movie rules. Um, but it, it uh, God, now so I'm for- gonna go, I'm gonna watch that movie tonight. It's I forget that's on the around. soundtrack because I always think of the uh, Uh Oh We're in Trouble song. There's the Uh Oh We're in Trouble song. There's the Sense Around song. There's the uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers song, Higher Ground. There's I think another, at least one other really good song on that album. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that album, it probably doesn't, but it's the kind of period of time where it may have fucking had, like, Halcyon on and on on it. <laughs> like, like everything else did, like the Mortal Kombat <laughs> soundtrack and Hackers. Like, that song got around. Uh, no, it's just They Might Be Giants for my band. And oh, yeah. I was even shamed in my 20s for it. Where, uh... A woman I worked with at at a music store who always looked like a very, you know, gothy Morticia Adams told me that They Might Be Giants is the favorite band of somebody who musical taste never aged past 14. And I was both, oh, dagger to the heart. And that's fair. (laughs) 
Well, you know they wrote the theme song to The Daily Show? I do know that. And Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, yeah, they rule. They do rule. They they do. I mean, but also I don't listen to them. So That's okay. You don't need to. I, I'll, I'll listen to them for both of us. So then that should bring us to... Chapter 20. Okay. Here's the summary. Okay. This is another chapter that's just more information about Wade's setup. The last chapter explained what his real world life is like. This chapter tells us all about his base in the Oasis. We also learn that he works at a call center, uh, like a tech guru. And then also we find out the very last part of the chapter that Artemis has found the Jade Key. And she beats, she tops him on the leaderboard. So my first note is on page 202. Okay. So this is the part where he talks about how the only people who are ever elected to U.S. government are movie stars and reality TV stars. And uh, that's mm-hmm. really annoying to read. Um, and uh, just fuck that shit. I don't want that to happen ever again. So let's uh, let's not talk about that anymore and move back into unreality, into a fantasy world where <laughs> everything is okay, even despite that shit happening. My next note is page 205. Oh, don't let's start. It's no. the name of the song that we just talked about. Do you have any like page number I, notes in this I, chapter? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if I have anything more substantial than just a little interesting... Uh, reference notes. No, go for it. Uh, I, can, I can roll through these at the end. Page 205. Yep. He makes a comment that Ultraman is Japan's greatest superhero. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's debatable, but it, it also might not be. But I also feel like it should be debated. <laughs> like, that's what bumps me out about it, is that it's, it's not debated in the book, and I feel like it should be debated in the book. Okay, I know almost nothing about Ultraman. It was never anything in my wheelhouse, so you will have to both set up this debate and take it back down. I don't really know that much about Ultraman either. I know I think he looks kind of like a he's always looked like kind of like a bullet to me. He's kind of like a imagine if you have like a Japanese Cyberman. That's basically oh, so, what he looks like. Because of that fin, he has a on fin. his head. I always yeah. think of like a, a a robotic shape of water creature. Like a fish man, like a robot fish man. Um, Maybe, I guess who, what I'm who, saying is like what? Who might you debate is his is the great is Japan's greatest? Well, superhero. there's just a lot of other ones that like should be in the conversation. Like uh, Astro Boy, probably should be in the conversation. Uh, there are probably at this point hundreds of Sentai Super Sentai characters or common writers. There's also Sailor Moon. And any of the other sailors, there's plenty of shit out there that you could you could talk about uh, Goku or any of the characters or Gohan, any of the characters from Dragon Ball. Um, you could talk about uh, a little guy. Oh, you could talk about Red, the hero from the Pokemon series, the 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 guy who is essentially Ash Ketchum in the animated version, but in the game he's called Red. Um, the very best there ever was. And then just a you know a, a little guy by the name of Mario. He's Italian. He's Japanese. He's Italian. He's Japanese presenting as Italian. No. Yes. No. Mario didn't originate in Italy. It doesn't matter where he originated. He's a character, and that character's backstory is Italian. But he's a Japanese icon. He's a Japanese this character. Is, this is like your comment about serial killer making a reference. But yes, it's that you're Mario wrong, and I'm right. Is Italian. Yes, he's also the greatest hero in Japan. I don't think so. 
I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, he's, I'm gonna, he's I'm gonna, hard I'm gonna Japanese. debate you with this. He's definitely Japanese. He's not. He's he's Italian. You're not. De- this isn't a debate. You're just saying the same thing. Your right. your argument is that the characters that was designed, created, and published, owned by a, a Japanese corporation, whose character identity is Italian, is the Highlander Scottish. Isn't the Highlander go? There's more than one Highlander, isn't there? No, there's not. No. What do they call their their people then? The people that can't that can absorb the. What are those things called? Oh, like, immortals. Oh, just immortals. Right, because one's from you know Egypt or Spain. One's from the steppes of Russia. One's the Highlander, Connor McLeod. Is he Scottish? I think so. I don't think Russell Mulcahy is Scottish. Who's Russell Mulcahy? The guy who wrote and directed Highlander. He might but not have written he, it, but otherwise the writer is not Scottish. So, but he's not in. He's not like a corporation that owns a. It's the thing. Like so, what? I think that's the pretty significant. Of the creator doesn't have anything to do with where the character is from. I I I think we are in agreement on that. I also think it can be both things. The character is Italian in his character. The character as a property is Japanese. Therefore, Mario is Japanese. No, say so the property is Japanese. The character is Italian. They're the same thing. The property is the character. I don't think that's true. Well, it's a good thing Mario can't hear you say that because I'm sure he would be offended. Bavangu. Um. Anyway, there's a whole lot of Japanese superheroes out there, including Mario, that like would be really like probably bummed out. Like for example, uh, the Rankin Bass stop motion animation characters, all made in Japan. Japanese. Santa Claus isn't Japanese. He is. He's made in Japan. No, that's he that's is. Not how, it's not how it works. It's not he how is, it works. Though. It is. It's not He's how Japanese. It works. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry this is hard I'm for glad you to sorry. Ex- appreciate. It's not a hard thing. It's just it's not it's just not how it works. I I don't I, I just don't understand how you can say that something that is the man is with no from name. this country is the man that. with no name. Is he Italian, Spanish, or American? I don't even know who that is. He doesn't have a name. Nice. In quotes. Name him. Sarcastic. Help, help me understand who this thing is by giving him a name. Clint Eastwood's character, the man with no name. Oh, the man with no name? Yeah. Oh, I get it now. Um like in Rango. They used to call you the man with no name. I know this guy. I don't know. I think the character... I don't... Is he in the American West? Mm-hmm. So the character is American, presumably? Mm-hmm. But the movie is mm-hmm. Italian. Mm-hmm. So Mario, the character, Italian. Mario, mm-hmm. the entity... Mm-hmm. Japanese, but the, but the movie uh, *Good Bad and the Ugly* was filmed in Spain. So what is he? He Balls in your court. But again, he is a fraction of the larger IP. Mario is itself. I'm not talking the about Mario. IP. I'm talking about the man with no name. You are. You're using this as an example to try to like. I'm to trying to use... say where do you. I want. I want uh, to, to try to get one more point of data for your insanity. Uh, tell me <laughs> what you think about his character and and what is he. It's irrelevant. Mario is the entity. The man with no name isn't the entity. He's a fraction of a film. 
there Mario isn't is a, just a fraction of of an entity. There's a no, whole he's, Koopa he's, world. He's titular. <laughs> he's not only titular. He's the he's the titular okay, then, of an enterprise. Fine, fine. Then the good. That's not the same thing. It's, it's a I mean, bad argument, right. Rob. It's he's a bad the good. argument. He's the good of the good, the bad, and the ugly. He's I, the I, one who has a fistful of dollars, and he wants a few dollars more. It's they're not. You're not comparing these things well, so I can't really argue with you because it's not it's not founded in something realistic or rational. It's like comparing spaghetti and udon. They're both noodles. They're both noodles, and you should use your noodle to solve this problem. I already did. I don't have the problem. I know Mario's Japanese. I know that. You're the one who has the hang-up. You can know things wrong. You can be wrong what you what you know. You you're you're demonstrably proving that right that you can be wrong <laughs> uh, we'll just have to agree to disagree i i am okay with that <laughs> okay well i'm famously okay with that so anyway ultraman <laughs> right just seems like there's a lot of other competition for japan's greatest superhero because that's the other trick is they they use the word superhero right so like that's another reason why mario works so well is because he's a super mario brother Mm -hmm. one of two um so he's i think that that clearly makes mario a superhero also japanese so he fits um disagree weird how you you, you're going around deciding who and who isn't a japanese superhero just i don't think it's weird at all double down let it ride well i uh and i get i don't have like a i don't have a dog in the fight otherwise about ultraman Mm -hmm. whether or not he is or isn't just again there's a lot of other options out there i would have liked to have seen a conversation about that sure in in the story that would in in this chapter is where he teams up with daito and shoto to solve an Ultraman quest and they win a beta capsule, which he then gives to Daito and Shoto so they do not sell it and it becomes the property of the Sixers. Yeah, I like that idea of like you could do something as intense as what they do, which is the quest that you're talking about is basically like doing a walkthrough of all of the episodes in the series, kind of like 39 episodes, kind of like he did with War Games Mm -hmm. um, and completing them. And then once you do that, you get this special like object the beta capsule uh, to, to turn into Ultraman or whatever and it's a super rare super helpful item now the thing that seems weird to me about it is like it sounds like Wade insists that this is like a hidden quest that he finds mm-hmm. and so like presumably not a lot of people know about it or know that they can do it to achieve and or obtain this capsule I feel like there's only one of the capsules I think this is like the one quest that no one has ever found oh okay and so once it's done ever there's only like maybe one maybe you could play through it but you won't get a yeah, you know, and you'll get like if you, when you play through the level again, you get the empty thing, the empty thing where the item should be. Yeah, I guess just seems weird. Still not a Mario Sue. Okay. Yet. And he, and like you said, he gives the the beta capsule. To, he 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 relinquishes any claim to ownership. It's not really mm-hmm. giving. He more just like seeds it. Right. You need a win, man. Not all clarification is trying to win. Oh my god. I mean, it's just like saying 
Pokemon aren't Japanese because they're from the different regions that they're from in the game. The, the Kanto region. Or any of the regions. Kanto's in Japan. But it's not Japan. I don't understand. This is, this is, I don't understand what you're saying. The, the the region in the game isn't actually supposed to be Japan. So it's as much Japan as Narnia is in England. It isn't. Okay. I disagree. Like oh, it's an imaginary place, so it's in the mind of the creator. Mario so, but, but again, is from Italy, which is a real place. But the the Pokemon universe doesn't exist in an imaginary realm in its own universe. It has its own geography, it has its own foundation of locations right much like the super mario world which doesn't have in italy if you want to argue that super mario though the world the koopa world is japanese fine but mario no, himself I'm saying is italian <laughs> what what italy is he from uh, i think it's uh it's, it's sort of a, a region in tuscany montepulciano maybe because certainly it seems like in all of the mario games i've played he never talks about being italian or from italy or anything italian at all at all can't think of anything okay just seems like it's kind of like he's italian in name only do you ever like play super mario 64 yeah and and he like his floating head and if you like held down the button you could like stretch his face in different ways yeah and you could like you could you could stretch his mustache up under his nose so it looked like he had no mustache. You're thinking of Mario Party. No. Well, you I could do that in Mario, Mario Party. Party. I'm sure you could. I'm not arguing you wouldn't or you couldn't. Um, anyway. here nor there. Okay. Um, but it was cool because you could you'd see what Mario looked like without a mustache. That was fun. Or sometimes you could stretch his mustache out. Or you, you would either have to cross it under his nose and then you could bring it up over each eye so it looked like he was wearing brown sunglasses. That was also fun. And you were saying the thing I was saying was neither here nor there. Because this doesn't seem like it has anything to do with whether or not Mario's Italian or Japanese. It's just more interesting to me at this point, (laughs) as we've settled the Italian or Japanese argument. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad to know that you've seated finally. (laughs) Um, So... What I'm saying is, like, it seems like Mario likes to claim he's Italian, but, like, where's the evidence? Like, I want to see the birth certificate. I want to see, oh like, my God. No. where he's from. No, because no. there's no evidence. There's no proof that he's actually Italian. He just walks around doing, like, the kind of Italian caricature that you would find offensive if it was in a Looney Tunes cartoon from the 30s. Like, that's what Mario does. That's what but everyone's is. like... Yeah, he's he's an offensive caricature, well, but has we've... no no real like semblance of of existence or ownership to Italy or Italian heritage. But he kind of does to Japan. What Japanese heritage does he have? He was created in Japan. That doesn't count. That's not heritage. It does. That's not it character does. heritage. <laughs> So, Superman is an American creation, right? Sure. But he's from Krypton. Mm-hmm. Superman's Kryptonian. He's also American. By adoption, sure. Also by foundation, like, I mean, by his su- creation. 
Superman has the documentation you seem to require. He doesn't have any documentation. He doesn't have a real birth certificate. I didn't, he, what sure documentation he, does he have? What documentation, Rob? I'm you tell sure me right now. He could not get a job at the Daily he Planet. Has he has a could, job at the Daily Planet. Because he has some sort of birth certificate. I'm not saying it wasn't forged, but he has it. So you're saying Mario has this birth certificate from Italy. I don't which know. I want to see. See, I want to see it. And you're saying it exists. Italian <sighs> Italian, Italian documentation's really hard to get. Well, not if you're a citizen. Shut up. Source, <laughs> source subject. I'm working on it. See, I think that's the problem is that you desperately want to be Italian and, and have the citizenship. And Mario, you, you look at him as an icon, as a hero of yours. And then you think I'm trying to take that from you. I'm not. I'm simply trying to say acknowledge that he's also Japanese and you refuse to do that. You refuse to acknowledge, ironically, someone's dual citizenship. Oh, you want to, you, you want to claim dual citizenship? I'm saying the, the character... If you're if you're saying he is, I've always as Italian, said this from the beginning. As he is Japanese, you have not said this. But if you're I have absolutely now, said this the entire think, time. I'm saying we can make we can meet halfway. No, 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 we can't because we I can have meet. been saying this the whole time. I said the character's identity as a character is from Italy, and then I said as an entity he's from Japan, making him Japanese. And you said no, no. You never said the words dual citizenship. I just, first off, I just, did. just, Secondly, just up until that point, you had not said that, which is what you're arguing right now. If you want to make that your new I've argument, I've been arguing this the whole time. Concede. I, I accept. That he had Thank dual you so much. Citizenship. Thank you so much for finally coming around to what I've been saying the entire time. I agree to this brand new point that has just been brought up. I'm I'm so glad that I didn't let it go, because like, it's it's vindication, and I'm I'm so grateful. Now I can move on. Okay. Okay. Um. See, I got all that serotonin pumping. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, yeah, sleep well tonight. All right. I'm. I think I'm done with that chapter. Did you have anything else okay. you want to talk about in that chapter? Let's chapter see. Chapter twenty. He named his asteroid Falco just because he liked the sound of it. That was amusing to me. Uh, I like the re-elect Will Wheaton, as read by Will Wheaton. That was amusing to me, because he reads the audio. Um, Who the is the th other person? Uh, Cory Doctorow. He's a real person I briefly looked up, but I I've heard the name before. I don't really know him, but he's another science fiction writer, nerdy guy. Okay. Writes books. Nerd. Nerd. Uh, the movie theme desperation that he mentioned. This is this is where the in your eyes things happen, and it's just ugh. Don't want to read your mm. patheticness because it reminds me of my own patheticness. <laughs> uh, that was about it. All right, well, then that brings us to chapter twenty-one. I just have a summary here. Yeah, I don't. I, I just wrote the word references. There's a lot of references here. Uh, this chapter is all about Wade kicking himself for slacking off on the gunt. Right. It's also the chapter where we're introduced to the concept of legendary items, where they they finally actually get the the capsule. Uh, unique treasures with extremely high level uh, effects that give an avatar extremely useful abilities, like 
the beta capsule where the Daito has, where he can I, I, it's either turn into or summon Ultraman. I can't remember. Turn into, turn into. Okay. We also get a uh, more of a glimpse into Wade's collection of ships and items, including a Firefly class starship. Uh, and I thought to myself, yeah, the Weedenverse must be a great place to hang out now. Yep. Yep. Hey, I mean, I, 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 I'd, I'd take a Firefly class ship. But in my own universe of my own. It just makes me feel gross. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, again, 11 years ago, I guess we all didn't know Joss Whedon had problems like this. Um, guess we kind of do now. Because I think, here's the thing. Doesn't he mention that there is essentially a Whedon-verse? I, mean, I didn't mm-hmm. make up that mm-hmm. word. Nope. He says that, right? right? absolutely right, yes. Okay, so... All things Joss Whedon are in, are, have their own area in the Oasis. Maybe he comes around and becomes cool again. I don't know how. I mean, like, he kind of tanked the Justice League. Hmm. Who knows how much he's responsible for how good the Avengers movie was. Um, or how weird Avengers 2 was. Right. I haven't watched a lot of Buffy. I know I like the episodes of like the Batman show that he's written or he he directed or whatever, the uh, Batman Brave and the Bold and Firefly is great, but like it's I so haven't gone back to Firefly in a long time, and it's collaborative. Yes. So anyway, it just like I'm trying to imagine things that I'd want to visit in a Whedon verse. And it's basically just Firefly stuff. But even that, like, the, one of the things about that was so good about Firefly was this idea that it was really scary. Mm-hmm. Like, that the, the, the threats felt realistic for sure. the world. Like, the suspension of disbelief in that, that immersion felt it made sense. Right. But, like, let's, let's just call it what it is. There's a lot of rape in Firefly. Oh, yeah. And that's in light of... You know, I guess I don't know. It's it's hard to say in light of because it's it, uh, it kind of suggests that there's all there's a good time to showcase rape, and I guess there probably has to be. But anyway, it's not it's not well, fun. And, and, That's what I'm coming to get at. It's like Firefly's supposed to be fun. Right. Rape's not fun. No. So like I don't enjoy reading about it. I don't enjoy it being a a, a, a trope. I don't enjoy it being a part of the stories that are supposed to have the the thrill of adventure in them, mm-hmm. uh, and that and that's part of firefly like the reavers in firefly pretty clearly supposed to be horrible spacefaring rapists and murderers mm-hmm. yuck anyway sorry you were saying something no i, I was pretty much agreeing with you yeah. It, yeah uh so yeah just super gross um and unhappy yay <laughs> uh, what else do you got in this chapter nothing not a thing. You have references can... to address? No, I don't even have references listed. I just wrote the word references because there's a lot. Yeah. Um, he has all these other ships. He talks about having an X-Wing, all other stuff. What would you pick? You get one spaceship. first. Number one spaceship. What do you go for? I don't have an answer off the top of my head. I was thinking about Firefly and how I've got like the detailed cutaway posters of it. Um, I really like that ship. I like it's fun, homey nooks and crannies. Um... What about you? TARDIS. Sure. It's either the TARDIS or the Millennium Falcon, and one of them can go through time. So, and it's infinitely big inside. So that one. Okay. It's got a swimming pool. Yeah. It's got everything. It's got anything you'd want it to have, because it's just a ship full of imagination. So, like, 
it's perfect. Carl Sagan's uh, Carl Sagan's Cosmo ship might be cool. Oh, that would be really cool. The ship of imagination. Right. I mean, the Falcon's yeah. hard to pass up. That was one of those lines in the movie where it was like, where Nolan Sorrento tempts him with, "You, we could get you the Millennium Falcon. And I was like, fuck. That would be See? hard to turn down. <sighs> the problem is that ship's not a good ship in canon. Like, right. it has problems. It's like, it's sort of a legendary ship. You know, it has its own, like, mystique where it has this sort of, like, unfair advantage all the time. But canonically, it's a hunk of junk. So, like, do you really want to be relying on a hunk of junk like right. Han Solo? I mean, the Falcon is definitely nostalgic, and it was the first time a lot of people, but certainly I, was introduced to the idea of a spaceship looking like crap. Yes, and and loving it, but 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 also, and you know, being an extension of these uh, erasable characters that were fantastic. But up until then, it was all sleek and shininess for ships, and then suddenly you had this like clunky thing. You're like, wow. Um, definitely think I prefer Serenity to the Falcon, though. I just, I, 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 I mean, <laughs> it's a cowboy show in space. Serenity looks like a horse. That was fun. I like how their bunks are arranged. It's a fun ship. I mean, it, it certainly its cargo hold definitely built. looks like a stage. Yes. So that's a the whole silly. thing looks like a stage. Like I like that they're like uh, the one of the cool things about the Serenity is that it has the the the, the dining room mm-hmm. is really cool. It's a really it's like functional. It feels like it works, makes sense. I like that. the The mm-hmm. Falcon doesn't have any real livable space inside of it. You never get. You're rarely maybe in the newer trilogy, sure. the most recent ones. You kind of get to peek in and see the spaces in there where people could live, mm-hmm. but like it's you don't really get to experience that. Right. Um, like, I don't know if I've ever really seen the bunks of the Falcon. And if I have, I didn't really think about it. Um, but in terms of like, you know, nostalgia, cause that's really what we're looking at. Right. I mean, like, unless you have some sort of like stats or something in the Oasis that make these things differently, better. Sure. Then you'd have to like, it'd be that thing where you're like, okay, I guess that, you know, I love the Falcon, but it's not as good as, if I could pilot Cybertron, the planet, I would probably do that instead. I mean, I always, I always have visualized flying it other than, you know, in Disney World. And I get very anxious about the locus of control being so focused on one side and having this yes. expansive ship off to my, right. off to my left. I'm, I'm going to run that into something. Right. It's functionally bad. It's it's so freaky to me. I'm like, I, this is there's no and maybe if the ship pivoted like that other ship, there's the other long ship in in Star Wars that like pivots around the cockpit. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, you got like the circular cockpit, very much like the Falcon, and then like this fin that extends off of it. I is think it like maybe the, a, the B wing. I don't think it's a B wing. Maybe it's the B wing. Because B wings like have they look like they look like this, like they look like this, and then they have this other section yeah. here. Maybe yeah. it's the B wing. Then yes, okay. Um, and that seems like it's it's if the if the Falcon's cockpit, yeah, it's the B wing. If the Falcon's cockpit rotated, and you could fly it any which way, I might be more comfortable with it. But as it is, I'm just like, uh, it'd be it'd be cool to visit, but I wouldn't want it. Uh, yeah, I mean, ship. yeah, you, you want to have like something that's like if you're if you're flying something, you want to be center of mass. You want to mm-hmm. be right in the middle so that you can really get like extend your physical being to be 
more yeah. spherical. And you're you're right, like the the being on the side of the ship does throw that off and mentally it'd be hard to pilot that mm-hmm. i think um you'd end up having to rely on the autopilot a lot more which i think canonically he does or rely on chewy who god knows what wookies how they fly things and where they how they mentally deal with you know hand-eye coordination and sense of self um you got a fleet of starfleet ships but those just always feel like cruise ships yes not a yeah of, not they, a lot of fun I mean, totally again fun to to wander but not uh fly yeah yeah, um, you could also have the ship from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. I can only see the one from the movie and the ships go. That one didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. It's big spherical design. I'm like, Bleh. Ooh, you get a board cube. I'm not going to have a board cube. Why? It's... They're basically indestructible. Okay, great. Look, it's just not for me, okay? Why are you, snow- why are you turning your nose up to board cubes? Uh... What happened to you? Which it's Borg a, hurt it's you? A six of twelve. Mine was Hugh. I didn't do anything to you. Not you, Hugh. That's what. It... <laughs> Who's Hugh the Borg? Hugh's the Borg that they they take away from the Borg, and then he like they like disconnect him from the collective, in in next gen, and then he turns into like a. Uh, he's like, I'm my own dude. My name's Hugh, and then he's like, I want to be different or whatever and i think they send him back to the collective and he's like but i'll be different <laughs> i don't remember it well enough i just know that there's like what he's the except for like locutus he's the only borg that gets a name for a long time mm-hmm. so he becomes significant in that way anyway uh starships it'd be fun to live in the oasis and have toys so <laughs> toys are fun um that brings us to chapter 22 all right here's the summary Parzival travels to an ancient video game planet in search of a class, uh, in search of clues Artemis used to win the Jade Key. He's uh, unsuccessful, but ends up finding a strange Easter egg in a recreation of Halliday's hometown pizza place, and ends up playing a perfect game of Pac-Man and winning an unpickupable quarter, like a twenty-five cent piece. Uh, now, so I'm pretty sure that the quarter is the extra life he uses at the. To negate the effects of Nolan Sorrento's catalyst bomb. Cataclyst. Or cataclyst bomb, or whatever that's called. It's called a cataclyst. But he's, uh, while he's winning Pac-Man, H places on the leaderboard after finding the J-Key. Then H sends Parzival a screenshot of an old text-based adventure game. The cover of the game shows a boarded-up house that Parzival believes must be the location of the Jade Key. Pretty good synapses. Yeah, pretty good. I was really hoping that in this section of our show, we would have been able to f- get to the Jade Key. <laughs> and it was it was really disheartening to read all of that chunk of the book and get to the point where it's like, well, next time. <laughs> but I like to think a lot of the fluff is out of the way and the rest will be lean gunting. Hopefully. I like the Pac-Man thing. I like I like I like the idea. Of, OK, so one of the things in these in this episode that I liked is that there are two instances where the characters in the Oasis find hidden items that aren't the egg. Mm-hmm. So they find other hidden trophies, weapons, items, um, some of which seem obvious, like the the beta capsule seems really cool and obvious, like what it's for. And then this quarter you can't pick up seems like nuanced and interesting and fun in the, in the movie 
there's a, when when the Sixers attack, one of them, I can't remember if it's uh, Artemis or Parzival, pulls out a Rubik's Cube and they throw it after winding it up like a grenade and they throw it and it explodes and they call it a Zemeckis Cube mm-hmm. because when you throw it, it turns back time, a, an extent, a specific amount of time, a la Back to the Future, I imagine. Right. I like those things. I like reading those things in the book. I like watching Ernest Klein be creative with that stuff. And so the the extra life, which at this point we don't know what that is, but the quarter, the unpickupable quarter that he finds, and he can only pick up after he beats the Pac-Man game, seems pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that world-building aspect that comes it, through in these chapters. It definitely enriches the world. Um, I, I, it was fun that so much Pac-Man... Uh, all the stuff surrounding Pac-Man was mentioned because I, I know I watched the Pac-Man cartoon and I had Pac-Man cereal as I played a Pac-Man, pay, played Pac-Man on my Atari 2600. So that was that was kind of fun throwback for me. Um, but Wade not only plays a perfect Pac-Man game, but doesn't get psyched out in the heat of the moment when he gets the huge alert Uh-oh. that Uh-oh. H uh, this is, it. is on the board. I still not a Mary Sue. Still not yet. That's ridiculous. Dang. Um, and then, uh, so the dwelling long neglected the 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 clue that H gives Wade is uh, cover for the game Zork, a text based mm-hmm. adventure. Uh, I never played Zork. I I my friend had a Zork four. What was it called? I called it Zork Nemesis. That was wrong. Return to Zork. It was a. It was one of those uh, FMV games for the Sega Saturn or Sega CD. I think at the time it was Sega CD with um, AJ Langer starred in it, who played Rianne from My So Called Life, Claire Dane's best friend. He had a big crush on her, so that's why he had the game. Uh, she went on to become an, a real life countess, uh, Countess of Devon. But uh, that's as close as I ever got to Zork, and I came over and watched it. And it was the same with any full motion game at the time, like Night Trap. Or Sewer Shark. I was like, yeah, you spent money on this. Okay. <laughs> that, that's all. I've never otherwise done anything with Zork. I don't think I'd ever heard of it. Um, I know I had played some text-based games at some point. Usually they were like, I was at, my my parents took me to some friends of theirs house and their kids who were older than me had an old computer and they were like, hey, you want to check this out? Oh, there you go. That's the spaceship I would pick. I was, you know, the spaceship I would pick because it would be, I would pick the spaceship from Asteroids. Hmm. That would be real, like minimalist and retro and cool. Well, it would just, look like an old. Video it would just game be. Ship. It would just be pixels and mm-hmm. a big triangle arrowhead, and okay. that's it. And it would bank like it was in, like it was like skidding against actual friction, as opposed to in space where it wouldn't have that problem. <laughs> Uh, I thought, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I was, I was just, I just had this, that random thought. It's fired again. Um, so I remember like trying to play those text-based adventure games and it being like confused by them and bothered because you have to write things like pick up the key, use the key, and it'd be, and, and it would be, it would do things like you'd be like where, oh, what doesn't work? That command doesn't make any sense. It's like, right. God damn, it's like that riddle thing all over again. Like, how, why, I don't want to play a thing where the only way to get through it is an extremely specific f- set of words. And unless you get that right, you lose. And was, it just seems, it seems in, un, 
immalleable. It seems sure. like it, it's it doesn't it's not flexible, and I don't like that. I I mean I was big fan of adventure point and click games, um, text based games. The only one I was ever intrigued by, my friend, same friend, um, would tell me about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy game, where it opens with you can see nothing and you have to type open eyes because it's <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide and it's tongue in cheek. Um, I can never get into those. Yeah, yeah, they they just they they didn't engage with me and. Dungeons and Dragons has enough of that mm-hmm. that like, but it's also open. You, you like the process of doing the thing where you say like open eyes or like pick up the key is so flexible that like, well, because you have a person, not a computer, right? Exactly, exactly. Your commands, yes, right. And so you can, and so they can say uh, it doesn't seem to have any effect. Would you like to try something else? And you go, mm, what else could I try? And then you just like talk it through, sure. and you can, like as opposed to just like feeling like. Did I spell it wrong? Is Did it... not work. Right, right. Command not recognized. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, like, that's that's where we're headed, I guess, is into Zork in the next episode, which hopefully will be cooler than that because it's something I have no frame of reference to. Sure. Um, so my last note in this book is, is chapter. Wade... Yes, chapter. It's episode. Yes. Is Wade at his at the proper nadir yet, or full nadir? Has he sunk his lowest? Are oh, we done no. with the, with the, with this exploration no of his character? No. What? No. No way, man. But he's I lost the girl. So. He's lost his best friend. Everyone hates him. People are gaining on the scoreboard. All he can go is up, right? Hopefully. And then he just played a perfect game of Pac-Man. Yeah. He's on the top of the world. <laughs> He he's got he's got to keep going down. He's got to something awful's gonna happen. I don't know if there's anything else awful for him. I mean, character wise, you can still have be. awful things happen, but hopefully, there better he's be done being a dickhead. Nah, he seems like a dick. <laughs> he does kind of seem like a dick. Uh, all right, you got anything else? I don't. Well, let's wrap this thing up then, because I'm out of notes. You're out of notes. Next episode, we're going to be reading. Ready Player One, chapters 23 through 31. Do not read 32. Okay. Um, and I, I kind of I kind of cheated and made that made that chapter a little thicker mm-hmm. than the last section we that 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 chunk of chapters a little thicker than the last one. So Which itself was thicker than the last one before that. I just had read I basically read the whole last chunk of chapters in one day and I was like, oh, I don't want to keep reading. And then like, <laughs> Fair enough. And then I had to stop. So I was like, maybe I'll just give myself a little bit more. I mean, the last episode will it'll be truncated. Impetite. All right. Well, I believe that was Death Readers. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers. And please discuss us extensively on Reddit. Actually, ch- anyway, my... so if you don't know that reference, then it doesn't matter that I made it. But you'd like to go check your interruption oven because, well, I've got six minutes left, and if it's at five hundred, I can just throw the bread in now before we get started. Fine. Then we only have to get interrupted twice instead of three times. I'm doing fine, this for you. Fine, fine, just do it then. Just Damn. do it. I can't hear you.
I'm not even going to do a bit while he's gone. Like, I'm not even going to try to do anything. <clears throat> like, talk or say something. Like, like, like smack talk or something. I'm just going to let it go. It's going to let him go handle his bread. Oh, I'm, dog, I got to put my... I gotta put my loafs in the oven. If I don't do that, my family won't have bread. Psst. I don't have bread. I'm not stopping the show to get bread. Psst. I'm just in here. Scrolling through Facebook Marketplace. I'm gonna start thinking about what's for sale on Facebook Marketplace. Let's see what they're selling to me. Hmm. Free. White. Six foot bookshelf. Nah. $30 computer stand. Don't need it. Star Wars action figures. Got plenty. Alright, the next two are going to be so much quicker, you won't even notice. Someone's very protective of their role. Like a dog that's found a baguette. Um, you make a lot of, lot of bread comments there. <laughs> I could need you to stop need wow you you really could have just said need yeah (laughs) you could have just let it i wanted to spell it out for you i know (laughs) i know what you did (laughs) i'm trying to let you know that it's like you you could have just let the subtlety go and you you know what's fun about that is you can sit in superiority and go he didn't get it (laughs) i'm not dumb for him not getting it oh no i knew you'd get it though Pause it right there. I'll be right back. Back to Facebook Marketplace. Let's see what we got now. Oh, we're waiting for Rob to finish up. Oh, PS4 VR system, two hundred fifty bucks. Pass. Thousand dollars setup. Looks like a place to or an Xbox S. Some nonsense. Pass. Tapestry of two skeletons kissing. Looks like a Looks like a flag of a tarot card or something. Pass. What else we got? What else we got? Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, Blu-ray. 80 bucks. Pass. Only one more, I promise. Alright. I'm sorry. I said alright! Let me be right back. Alright, I'm also going to be right back. Uh, See? It works out. All right, back to Marketplace. $20 Legos. Something that says $15 beautiful books. Nope. Not interested in that. Funko Pop Smaug. Hot Topic exclusive. $120. Ooh. Art Spiegelman's Mouse. $20. Good book. Canon EF 16-35. to $750. Hmm. $600 $600 MacBook Mac Pro 3. There's a tower, not a not a laptop. Hmm, bunch of PSP movies or games. Interesting, interesting. Probably not going to get that either. Star Wars drones. I think they call them droids. Oh, but look, somebody's back. 